faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. For years, the Republican Party stood by as the left, combined with our intelligence agencies, terrorized their followers, their voters, with censorship, but also with endless spying. Our intel agencies spied on journalists who questioned the Democrats, from James Rosen to Cheryl Atkinson. They were terrorized. But the GOP leadership said absolutely nothing. In the case of Mitch McConnell, next to nothing. In the case of Steve Scalise and Kevin McCarthy, they were too busy raking in donations from all the right people to run their leadership packs so they could play kingmaker. They'd do anything to stay in the game. Then we learned that the FBI had spied, illegally accessing the NSA database along with its contractors tens of thousands of times. Nary a peep was said in Congress about this, except for people like Rand Paul and the occasional chip in with, you know, Jim Jordan and a few others like that. The leadership, stone cold silent. Then when the CIA spied on sitting members of Congress, including Lindsey Graham, they complained a little bit, but did nothing. Then we learned the NSA was spying, too, using its own databases to spy mainly on Republicans and Republican donors. But like good little worker bees, the leaders of the Republican Party said and did almost nothing. When the IRS came for GOP members of the Tea Party, the leadership of the GOP side in relief and said nothing, even though the IRS broke the law multiple times, terrorizing Tea Party members illegally obtaining their tax returns, and even illegally taking them out of the IRS and over to the DOJ, where they embarked upon a campaign of penalizing and persecuting them, illegally, again, having come into possession of those tax returns. The only reason they were ever returned to the IRS and taken out of the hands of the DOJ is because the conservative group Judicial Watch sued. And so the left and our intelligence agencies got bolder illegally spying on Trump, Trump administration officials, making up false narratives against them, breaking so many laws, I couldn't even enumerate them all here. And yet, the GOP leadership went along with it, sighing in relief. Yeah, the FBI, in combination with the Department of Justice, would get rid of their Trump problem. But the GOP leadership, who wanted Trump gone so they could return to the original power structure in D.C., didn't figure on what come next. And so when a handful of Republicans, not including the leadership, decided to get to the bottom of the out of control spying and political persecution against Trump, the massive level of lawbreaking that occurred between the Department of Justice, the State Department and the FBI, they leveled 36 subpoenas when they still controlled Congress, 36 subpoenas at the Department of Justice, the State Department and the FBI. Every one of them was ignored. This was during the first two years of the Trump era when the Republicans still controlled Congress. And the FBI simply took the position, they didn't articulate it, they didn't have to, that they don't answer to Republicans anymore. Now, this could have been solved. The GOP was still in leadership. But Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell said nary a word. And it was established unequivocally that the FBI could could, could ignore, and this this is staggering, The FBI, the Department of Justice, could simply ignore Republican subpoenas. They could operate as an arm of the Democrat Party, break any law they wanted, cover it up 
however they wanted, because they'd never have to answer the Republicans' questions, whether they were in power or not. Again, the GOP leadership tacitly allowed this. Even as a handful of Republicans, Devin Nunes, Jim Jordan, Rand Paul, fought on, the leadership ignored them too. Then the censorship began. The censorship of the very followers the GOP would need to get elected. They ignored that too. They were thumbs up about it. A-OK. As long as the big tech money kept flowing into their leadership packs. And as I warned again and again that they would come eventually for the GOP and there would be no one to save them. That being well behaved would never ever be good enough. This week, that day arrived. While the FBI... The Department of Homeland Security and the CIA are completely off the chain and only on paper have to report to Congress. The Democrats, seeing the acquiescence of the Republican leadership, created something worse. A state police agency modeled after the great ones, the Stasi of East Germany, the Gestapo that the Nazis employed, and the KGB. They are the Capitol Police. Yeah, the guys with the scanners at the doors. When you go to visit your Congress member, they were only ever supposed to provide security for congressional offices and buildings. That's it. And because of that, they were set up differently. They don't answer to Congress. Unlike the FBI or CIA, Congress has almost no oversight ability over them, which is scary. They answer to the Speaker of the House, and that's it. So after January 6th, the Democrats weaponized them with most of the Republicans voting to do it. Increasing the budget of this agency by an outrageous $2.1 billion, with a B, billion dollars. Inside the agency, the Capitol Police Agency, they launched a full-fledged intelligence arm. They were open about this when Congress voted for it, including most of the Republicans. They were going to create an intelligence arm with full-fledged spy abilities. They were open about their aims to prevent another January 6th insurrection from ever happening again. Republicans should have seen right through that. But instead, they approved the funding, and the terror began right away. The first sign something was very, very wrong was the announcement by the Capitol Police that they intended to begin opening offices in congressional districts all over the country. They're not legislatively authorized to do that. That's beyond the purview of the agency. And yet, they are doing it. They're flush with cash and immune from any serious public oversight. And so the campaign of terror began. The spying for the Democrats. The first known victim of the Capitol Police was Senator Rick Scott out of Florida. He had a private fundraiser that he held in a private home surveilled by the intelligence arm of the Capitol Police. He did not invite them, ask them, or want them to do this, but they did. They not only spied on the fundraiser itself, they spied on the donors as well. Then, House Minority Whip Steve Scalise, the number two in GOP leadership, also came under Capitol Police scrutiny for one of his fundraisers in his own district to oversee this illegal campaign of terror. And by the way, all of what I just described to you is totally illegal. You have to have a warrant for that kind of spying. All of it was headed up by the new head of the intelligence arm for the Stasi-like Capitol Police, Julia Farnham, an appointee of the Obama administration, who's currently running their intelligence unit, according to Politico. 
As Politico, a left-wing publication, admits, Capitol Police began spying on everyone and anyone, running so-called background checks using intelligence databases on people who lawmakers plan to meet with, including donors and associates, when staff were listed as attending these meetings, Capitol Police intelligence analysts also got asked to check out the social media accounts of the staffers. They even dug into the ownership and tax records of the owners of the buildings where Republicans held their fundraisers. In the case of Senator Rick Scott of Florida, which I brought up earlier, and that fundraiser with donors in a private home, Analysts eyed the homeowners and attendees' social media accounts looking for any foreign contacts that they had and built political dossiers on them. Private citizens. And once again, the GOP leadership said nothing, at least not publicly. Could you survive that level of scrutiny? Can they? Do you ever have an affair? Do anything you don't want publicized? Maybe you ought to vote an opposite way the one you were considering, maybe you ought to shut your mouth about issues the Democrats would rather you not talk about. See, because the problem here is this is only going one way. This is the Capitol Police terrorizing the Republicans. Well, like I said, the leadership said did nothing. And now we know it got worse. Representative Troy Nels of Texas made the mistake of criticizing Nancy Pelosi, the January 6th commission and January 6th allegations themselves. He was soon treated to a visit by the Capitol Police, except they weren't uniform. They were dressed as construction workers, which is the only reason his staffers let them into the office. Instead of fixing what they claimed they were there to fix, they spied instead, taking pictures of sensitive documents outlining the Republicans' legislative agenda. When a staffer caught them, they confronted him about his role. Wait a minute. Isn't that exactly what happened in Watergate? Pretty close anyway. Yeah, the Democrats are now using Watergate as a playbook. And this is all illegal. But will it even matter? Doubtful. It appears that Republicans have completely lost control of the swamp in a desperate bid to keep their privileged place inside it, inside the game that they love. Here's what Republican Representative Kelly Armstrong told Tucker Carlson about this the other night. Secret surveillance on American citizens without probable cause is never okay. And it's surely not being done for security reasons. If it was done being done for security reasons, it wouldn't be worried. They wouldn't be worried about casting us in a negative light and they'd be coordinating with our offices. So then the question becomes, why are they doing it? How much information are they keeping? Who are they giving this information to? And what is the real purpose of this program? And that's what uh, Republicans intend to find out. They're doing it for Pelosi. She gets the information, of course. It doesn't stay within the House Charge Arms works for her. And and I hope Republicans, you know, stage a sit down strike in the hallway. And I mean, this you can't have this in a democracy, can you? Well, you absolutely can't. And they are literally um, collecting all kinds of information on our constituents, our donors, our supporters. And they're obviously doing it to our constituents and at meetings we're having at home. And I mean, listen, it doesn't matter who you're meeting with. If the police are spying on you without probable cause, that's a terrible thing. But it's even more chilling when people are redressing their grievances with their member of Congress. That's one of the things our country is founded on. And this is really, really scary. I can't describe the gravity of this situation. There's no way out of this now. We're thinking, yeah, 
yeah, well, you know, the Republicans, maybe they'll win back the House in the fall. It won't matter. We've already seen how the playbook goes. It doesn't matter who is in power. The FBI only answers to the Democrats. That is exactly how the Capitol Police will work. And Armstrong, when talking to Tucker Carlson, said, we need to get answers. We need to get to the bottom of this. You can't. Even if you're in power, they don't have to answer to you. But you got to understand, the left has no new playbooks. They always go back to the old playbooks. And in the authoritarian societies they have been creating for the past century, whether it was the German Socialist Workers Party or Nazis, as we called them, um, whether it was Russia or Cuba or any of these places, communist China today, the power base of the party is always the intelligence arm of the party and the intelligence arm of the government always merges with the party this is why every one of these regimes has always had a state police agency and while the leaders of those governments may not be remembered anymore the names of those state police agencies live on that's the amount of terror they're able to inject into a society the stasi the gestapo the kgb here's something else That goes on in those societies. The leadership always comes out of the intelligence arms. The Russian people have not had a leader in 100 years who didn't come out of the intelligence agencies. Vladimir Putin was KGB. Eventually, in these societies, it becomes hard to tell whether the party is ruling the country with the use of the intelligence agency or if the intelligence agency has co-opted the party and is using it to rule the country. We're somewhere in the transition to there right now. This was a well-laid trap, and the Republicans ran right into it. Let me give you an example. Suppose you were going to fight this. You were going to speak out against it, right? That have to be part of it. Well, I guess the construction crew or the intelligence agents from the Capitol Police dressed as the construction crew will come to your office next, scour your financial dealings, find your affair that you had with the intern. On and on, only the purest, cleanest, like the wind-driven snow, would even be able to criticize them, would even be able to operate up there. This is terrifying. And that assumes the FBI and the CIA and the NSA already don't have this kind of grip. On our lawmakers. I've long suspected they do. I think that's why they never spoke out as we spiraled down into this situation. But the fact that the Democrats would even do this suggests they know they are in full control, that it no longer matters who wins elections. He who controls the intelligence apparatus controls all. Now, watch how this goes. It'll go the same way as all the rest of the spying they've afflicted on the Republican Party. Steve Scalise again who was spied on along with his donors, is a Republican leader. He won't say a thing. Neither will Mitch McConnell. Kevin McCarthy might mention it every once in a while on Fox News. He won't do a thing either. That will leave lower-ranking members completely vulnerable. They already are. That's why these guys are dressed as construction workers and running around their offices with cameras. Watergate style in violation of the law. Want to know how this ends? I've been telling you for a long time that the Democrats are using the Russian Revolution playbook. I believe the reason they've chosen that one was because the Marxist Revolution in Russia happened at a time when the population was heavily armed like this one. That makes that revolution 
Very unusual. Usually they're able to get the guns from the population. The Democrats don't have a hope of doing that before the revolution. They want. So what are they doing? The same tactics. It started by demonizing the police. Sound familiar? Then it led to throwing acid in their faces. Then it led to kidnapping and torturing them. At the time, there was a party called the Cadet Party that dominated the Duma, which is the Russian legislature. The Cadet Party figured, just like the Republicans today, that they could assuage their friends, the Marxists. Some of them even raised money for the groups that were doing the kidnapping and the killing of the police officers, figuring that would keep them safe. 17 years later, by the time the Marxists completely overthrew the government, all that goodwill they thought they'd built up with the Marxists added up to nothing. The cadets were all killed. That is, those that didn't flee to other countries in fear for their lives. The cadet party itself was officially banned in 1917. The revolution, which the cadets accommodated all the way up until then, began in 1900. It's about a 20-year time frame. I'd say we're about three to four years into it right now. But the good news is, right now, we're getting this one last chance. The Democrats' numbers are in the absolute crapper. Republicans could turn the table on them with real leadership. But even if we win in the fall, if the current leadership is allowed to persist, none of this will change. They are committed to accommodation. And that simply won't work. We're already headed into a persistent environment on Capitol Hill of fear, of paranoia, of constantly being spied upon, of absolute power through illegal intelligence use by the Democrats. Now take a look at what's happening on Capitol Hill this week and see if it doesn't make a little more sense. What happened to the Republicans, lower ranking ones all, who have criticized Nancy Pelosi's January 6th committee? They get the Capitol Hill spy and persecution treatment. They get the intelligence arm of the Capitol Police disguised as construction workers breaking into their offices, spying on them, illegally photographing their personal documents as if they're enemies of the state. What did Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, do this week? Condemned the Republican National Committee for criticizing the January 6th committee. Well, I would, too, if I was Mitch. And the Chinese have pumped $200 million into my family in the form of shipping contracts I didn't have when I wasn't wealthy before I got into leadership in Congress. He couldn't withstand a background check by the Capitol Police. So what does he do? He attacks his own party's Republican National Committee, the chief fundraising arm of the, prop, of, of the party, condemning them for criticizing the January 6th committee slamming them for the so-called violence of the so-called insurrection on January 6th. Of course Mitch did. He got to look at what happens to his lower-ranking members who tell the truth. And he wasn't in for that plan. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To subscribe, download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and subscribe. And please also share with friends and family. Again, thank you for listening. with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening.